This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Working class on DeerCast here on Working Class Bowhunter and DeerCast. That makes a lot of sense, actually, the <laughs> it's name. A, it's in the title. It works out well. <laughs> Steve is here. Hey, how's it going? I didn't think I'd ever make this series. I didn't either. <laughs> Thank you uh, for everybody who could not make it today, and I just happened to be in the area. <laughs> it's like, yeah, had some cancellations, and Steve was just driving through on his way to get like a gallon of milk or something. I yeah. Stop by. I go wait. I, I actually just stalk the studio. I wait. I'm like the vulture. I wait for people to cancel, and it's like, ah, Steve's outside. Right, we got to let him in. It's like, ah, no one showed up for a while. Why don't you get in here? I actually did text Mark. I said, uh, just so you know, Steve's coming on a podcast. Oh, He's boy. like, oh man, my guy. So, um, yeah. Norm, this isn't really, uh, to be honest, it's not really the series for you. Mm-mm. This is a cleaner series from WCB, and it's more, it more leans towards education so it's and not, information in a way. Yeah, it's not the series for me, but it is the series that I need. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. But <laughs> but I thought it'd be fun to have you on. Yeah, um, because it's like you're you're gonna be on. This episode will launch like in the heat of coming into deer season. Yes, which is uh, very strange to have this episode in um, <laughs> right in that series. But anyway, um, so people don't know you. There's a we reach a lot of people that don't know us or our history on Working Class. But you were one of the original co-hosts of Working Class, Bo yes. Hunter. You're a comedian. You weren't so much of a deer hunter, but then you split to do. I'll let you talk about some series. Yeah, so, um, yeah, me and, uh, if you don't know the story about me and Kurt, we um, essentially started working class together. You know, he had an idea. As the story goes, he put out a tweet, wanted to start a, uh, a bow hunting podcast. I happened to be doing a comedy podcast at the time, and we just clicked, meshed, and kind of kind of kicked things off. And I remember us recording our first couple episodes inside of... Uh, 
inside a, a spare room that Kurt had. It was a closet, pretty it was much. A, yeah, it was a closet, just sitting in lawn chairs with a, a case of bush light. <laughs> well, we have, we have the full story is on WCB, yeah. and we talked about it the first time I was on. You do a series for our Patreon called Thoughts from a Steve. Yes. We talked about it on a recent one on there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And you can go back and, uh, and find that if you go to uh, Work yeah. Glasses Patreon. That'll be so, like five hours of story of this podcast. Oh, yeah. That's all we talk about. <laughs> yeah. You know? But just that was... um. <clears throat> that was how we started the podcast and you know i was uh, i was not a very experienced hunter at that time but i should have advanced a little bit more than i uh, did but i didn't it's funny <laughs> you, you split off to do your comedy series podcast mm-hmm. and then shortly after i was like hey let's do a series for patreon yeah because you're you can be crazy steve behind a paywall you know it's like <laughs> that's what i like i like the the best of uh, both worlds so yeah and i i ended up starting my own uh kind of comedy podcast and i do uh some cooking stuff on there too and i you know just have a lot of a lot of fun with it you know i got a seasoning company i'm working on starting so it's funny steve steve was never like you killed some deer right but then when you left to go do your (laughs) uh getting strange with stevie mo and thoughts from a steve then you start killing deer like you're actually going hunting and i'm like well look at this but you you're what has your learning curve been like from because you've always been around killers for lack of a better term like, what's your perception of, like, starting out around killers, like, and when I say killers, I just mean guys that have been hunting for a while. Yeah. Because you didn't, like, ramp up with a, a group, a friend group that was all new to hunting, Mm-mm. which maybe helped and hurt you. Yeah. So there was, um, th- there was a, a bit of a learning curve, you know, like, getting into it, you know, you were one of the first deer hunters that I really knew that knew how to kill deer frequently like i mean you Mm -hmm. had a deer down every year and when we got into it you know we kind of dove right into it uh and we'd talk to whether there be some local people around the uh mercer county area or you know some really high profile hunting celebrities there was always a lot of knowledge that I think I was getting too much at one time, right? You know, I wasn't able... Some of it could be over your head a little bit. Yeah, and so I wasn't able to absorb the things that I really need to absorb. And that was... uh, I think think that was always my biggest issue was I couldn't... um, I couldn't really comprehend a lot of these scenarios because in some of the areas that I was hunting, um, I just just wasn't seeing deer. So whether that was lack of me, you know, doing my scouting... um, that was always it. So the first couple of years, man, I wasn't seeing a whole lot of deer. Well, do you think it was too much? Like, um, I guess I'm trying to picture somebody else, you know, your situation is very unique, but like if somebody new just got into bow hunting and they got their content, they just consumed content to learn. Mm. If they didn't have a friend group. Like, do you think you're, you, do you think you missed opportunity being around every week all the time talking like the best hunters in the country right out of the way as a new hunter? Or do you think you would have been better starting on your own and just learning, consuming podcasts and YouTube videos or having a friend group that all started bow hunting at the same time. Like what, what do you think would have been better looking back now that you've killed a few deer and yeah, look, looking back, it would have been, um, probably this is going to sound weird, but probably somewhere in between all of that. So having someone that, that, um, like my buddy, Brandon, you know, he has some property that I was able to see the most deer that I ever have. And that's why I shot the bucks that I did. Yeah. And he had enough knowledge. He gets it done. He's not new to hunting, but he also hunts when he can. He's a very working man's hunter. Yeah, he works a ton. Works a, Yeah, and works at swing shifts. So, 
but he's he's got a nice little benefit where sometimes he's able to hunt, you know, Monday, Tuesday, mm -hmm. things like that, days that not a lot of people are out. And having him kind of, you know, show me a little bit more, like me trying to do this on my own, I'm not that kind of learner. My learning curve is I can listen, but I actually have to be out there and see that, like, I can't listen to a podcast and, you know, have someone talk about funnels and then I walk out and try to find one. I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> if I walk with somebody and they show me, Hey, this is a nice little funnel. This is going to be a pinch point, you know, and then break it down on a map. That's where I'm really going to learn. Like, I, right. I hate to say that I have to have my hand held, but I actually have to go out well, and see it. Yeah. But yeah, I guess you're downplaying it. You're, you're downplaying yourself a little bit because I mean, you talk to like Clark Cummings or Ross Bigger or Austin Chandler comes in, they're talking about quartering wins and pinch points. And you're like, <laughs> I don't know what a quartering win or a pinch point or even what a three and a half year old or older deer looks like. It can be a lot. So, when, I, but, but I guess I'm trying to use you to get my brain around like somebody that's new to hunting and then dives right in. But, but I feel like, too, that's how I kind of started. I mean, I was around some killers when growing up, but yeah, I consumed all the hunting videos I could growing up. And, I mean, you're you're one of those uh, guys that when you dive in, you dive straight in. I think if somebody wants it enough, and as Clint said, if you're hungry enough, you're gonna find a way. Yeah, you know. So if you're a new hunter and say this is the very first episode that you're ever listening to, you want to try to figure out how to get it done. That consuming media is a very helpful tip. I mean, there's yeah. you know, the WCB has great content. This. This series has probably the content where you're going to learn how to be a killer because it's it's mm -hmm. very informative, and you take some of the the best of the best. And I'm not yeah. saying that they're you know the be they're the best at being able to explain to you the best way to get on some deer. And yeah, for me, um, I I wish a series like this would have been around when I first well, started. Man, you know what I mean? For because a lot of people, you know, like. It, it would have been a game changer because there I, there was never for me there was never like a a, a book hunting for dummies. You know, I'm sure there is now. I'm sure there is now, but there was um, there was a lot of media out there that would tell you things. But for the way that my brain functions, I'm sure that a lot of other people's brain functions. This form of media is helpful now. Mm -hmm. um, just sitting there do, do talking think, to someone. Do you think that? your interest level of hunting, like maybe you weren't as hungry and your interest level for hunting capped out at about a six, whereas everybody else is at a 9.99. And after after the enthusiasm and information level got past your six and interest yeah. level, is that when you would just be like, all right, I'm just not there yet? I, I, I would say that. And I think I enjoyed camp more than the hunt. And that's fine. There's a lot of guys like that. There is. And there's, there's guys that are perfectly fine with that. Um, because I, I I think early on I didn't get I got a perfect example of a guy I grew up with hunting, killed some big deer, but as he got a little older, would just kill the first deer, <laughs> and then what he would do this was his thing and it was just comical and kind of cool, like no matter what the deer was he killed a few good bucks I'm cool with that he'd kill the first deer and then he'd be back at like the cabin we called it the lab, and he would <laughs> smoke cigarettes because his wife wasn't around and he would butcher deer all day and have a whiskey. That was like his enjoyment after he killed his deer. He spent the rest of his days doing that, wrapping and freezer paper and butchering his deer. Ma made him happy. Made him happy. <laughs> See my, uh, <laughs> and that's if that's what you want to do. That's cool, you know. But yeah, and I, <clears throat> my enthusiasm level probably just because my first couple of years I wasn't having the success 
kind of uh, it was it was disheartening, but I mean it's <clears throat> it's it's good for you to have. So the first real decent buck I shot, um, I went through the ringer on that. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Couldn't find him. Uh, when I did find him, the amount of joy that was there, it made me hungry for that next year. So yeah, that's important too. It, like, it's very important, and it happened later in my um, hunting career. And I mean, later, as in recently, a couple years back, which is uh, yeah. is is fine because now that's my uh, journey. But you, you got to start taking joy in any success that you can. I, I think because I was around all these giant killers, you know, there was that. I mean, we were we were like a a, a media company, dude. Like I, I felt like. I needed to put something good down. Yeah, yeah. And after a couple of years, people were just going to be happy with anything that I put down, whether it be a dough <laughs> or whatever. But yeah, like pressure to produce a little bit. Yeah, I can see that point. You know, it'd be like, it'd be hard to hang out with Austin Chandler every day and then just like, I mean, it's not that he's rubbing that in your face. It's just like your internal thing that you got going. Because you know yeah. what I mean? It's it's yeah. that uh, it, it's that group that you run with. But that's you know, also what we called climbing the ladder, though, too. Like, oh, yeah. We've always been very open about like in your boat hunting journey, you know, you can't expect to come in year one and be knocking down one forties every year um, or, you know, it, it, you know, ignore the score. We'll go mature animals. We'll go three, three year olds. We'll start there or two. You know, a lot of guys start killing two year olds and then they get a three year old, a three year old or two. And then it's like four year olds are better. And then you get to a certain point. It's like, all right, I'm, I want to shoot fully mature deer after that. Yeah. But and, then you don't just start doing that right away. It takes a long time. Right. And it, it <clears throat> Sorry, it, it comes back to your point when you were talking about, you know, the group that you started with, are they going to be the same as you kind of learning together? Mm-hmm. Um, and why I say in that in that mix, because you need to have a solid group. Um, and I always had that. I always did have that where no matter what I put down, I remember the first deer I shot, you like just left the blind. You didn't, <laughs> didn't even finish on it. You're like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, I left my hunt. Yeah. And, and I use my knife to clean it. <laughs> and but that that's what a, it's always been about. Like I've always been pumped for my buddies to kill deer. You know, like that's that's that camp camaraderie yeah. that you're talking about. But um, we want you to get a deer to have that moment. You know, so yeah. And that's a that's a very important thing to have. So if somebody is new getting into it, I mean, you make sure that your friend group is going to be happy with no matter what you shoot, uh, yeah. because man. It, there's so much of a pressure with social media and this has been beat to death like this whole saying but there is this pressure that you need to oh you should have let him walk or oh, i would have gave that deer another year to like don't we cannot yeah. continue to have that because even if you think that it's just dumb to say it on yeah you know it, it, it's stupid because your joy and success should not be dependent on what others online think about you i, I think i agree i definitely agree with that and like, even if I look at a deer online, I might think, like, that's a young buck, but if that dude's pumped, that's cool. But I'm never going to say anything. Like, congratulations is what I'll say, if anything. But but also, I guess here's my thing with it, and I would never go out of my way to do anything on social media like this. just not even worth the energy. But if somebody shoots a buck and then makes excuses for it, like, Ugh. man, there was a bigger one, but this one came in first, that's what bums me out a little bit. It don't bum me out. Like it doesn't really bum me out. But you know what I'm saying? I would yeah. rather see somebody be really pumped for their deer that's um, lesser in size than someone that's making excuses for the deer that they shot that's lesser in size. Yeah, man, I think that changes it a lot for me. I'd rather see a Pope and Young smile than a Pope and Young bug. I like that, especially on like somebody that's younger. <laughs> yeah. Anytime, and if it's your first deer, 
you know, second deer, third deer, whatever. Mm -hmm. Be pumped because not a lot of people get a lot of opportunities to hunt. So, I mean, if you're going to be one of those one of those cats that you know you're only going to be able to hunt maybe a couple mornings because you got kids at home, yeah, your job is incredibly busy, and you're looking for the most efficient ways to get it done. And you, you, no one's telling you unless you want to. You don't have to hold out for a giant buck. No, no. But you know what and, I think is important. I think if you really want to learn more and <clears throat> excel for whatever your personal bow hunting goals are. I think that's a good way, like biting your tongue on shooting a deer and like trying to figure out a deer. I think that's a, a fast track to learn how to kill bigger deer much quicker than shooting small deer every year just because <laughs> you feel the pressure to shoot one. Yeah. Uh, but you also do what makes you happy. It, it, yeah, it's a, it's all about your journey. And for me, uh, I shot that, uh, that first book two years ago. And then um, last season I saw a six-point. And in any scenario, it's like, you know, I, I looked at this deer. It was a young deer, but I was like, I I want to shoot a six point. That's what I wanted. As soon as I saw this deer, I'm like, there was a, there was absolutely no stopping me. That six from, is going down. Oh, it it, it, it was going down because I saw uh, on camera the night before there's six pointer and I already decided I want to shoot a six point yeah. buck. Like I, if I see this deer, it's going down. Yeah. <laughs> I saw this deer and it was going down. And guess what? It made me happy. Well, you know what? Let me let me throw this at you too. I killed my biggest bow buck last year and my smallest. Hey. <laughs> it's and, and I was open about it. And you know what got the smallest deer to get his lungs deflated? <laughs> he came in too fast. <laughs> you were just like hey, I cool. saw I mean he's he's a really great deer. When I say he's small, he's he's still he's just shy of Pope and Young. But he came in, and I'm like, I saw G2, and I'm like, oh, but he was in my lane already. <laughs> so I'm like, looks good. And then I'm like, oh, man, I don't know what that actually was. I got excited. <laughs> but that's that's what made it so much fun, you know? That's, like That's the best. That's It's that, it's that joy that I, I, I love chasing now. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I got a feeling I'm going to feel that way as soon as I see a first doe come in. Because that first doe of the year is always like, oh, man. Oh, yeah, man. The, that's like the icebreaker for the season, and... It's great practice and it's great meat and it's and it's fun. And that that's the thing, man. As expensive as meat prices are, man, there's gonna be a lot of does that are getting a lot of hunters year. thankful for having meat in the freezer. Yep. But also, oh, sorry guys, my phone's ringing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I just think that that's fun to talk about, kind of like that learning curve and and just see what your perspective. Because I yeah. was surrounded by some expert hunters, and I I, I like that. I got thrown right into it, and I, looking back, I should have absorbed more. I should have taken more notes. Um, my advice to any young hunter out there, and if you are, if you have a have a chance to talk to a, a, an Austin Chandler, Ross Bigger, or if you can get Clint Casper, when he talks, get you a pen and paper and literally write, write down. Yeah, some well, things the, that, good thing that, the podcasts are recorded, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm, I'm, I meant if you get to pick their brain, like if you get a one-on-one yeah. -on -one conversation with yeah, them. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that, that's a great thing about podcasts too, because if you hear something, you're going to be like, write that down, you mm -hmm. know, go back or pause it, do a little research, kind of come back. And I, it's podcasts. I'm not saying they weren't around when we started, but they weren't like they weren't a, there wasn't nearly as many. Well, there wasn't nearly as many, and there wasn't as many specific ones. So if you had like a deer hunting podcast it was just 
general. Like, this, yeah, that's yeah. why I was I was pumped when you guys had this series because I was like, this is. And I remember you were angling at it for a long time. Like, the amount of great hunters that we were always talking to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we only had them for like an hour, and <laughs> we were we were drinking some uh, some beers, and I was saying a lot of dumb stuff. A lot of wrestling, wrestling, a lot, a lot of pro wrestling references, <laughs> but there was never an opportunity like there is now to dive deep yeah, and have a very informative series, which is, is incredibly helpful. And, and, that, and that too, and we're trying to keep them. I've been trying to do better at keeping them lunch break late yeah. because they are video on DeerCast, and we do want people to watch them um, on DeerCast, especially. So that's why some of these end up being a little shorter. Like, you know, a, WC, a WCB podcast has a lot of BS in it. Yeah. And that's okay. It's designed that way. That's it's more of a hunting camp where this is the same, but we're trying to do it in a lunch break, lunch break yeah. time period. Because you know, you guys get thirty minutes, and you know, it's probably the only time you get free away from. I've had an hour lunch break for a long time. Oh, dude! <laughs> like, you know what I mean? What? Who has? I don't know. Are hour lunch breaks common now? Yeah, no. And it depends on who's watching. If some of my bosses, I haven't had one in a long time I, either. Hour wink, lunch wink. breaks when I've worked retail. Really? That was weird. Wow. Uh, I worked at Farm and Fleet all through high school and we had hour lunch breaks. Were you supposed to get an hour? Yeah. Really? I don't, it was weird. It was like too much time. I'm like, rather just, I guess I could have punched back in, but they don't want you to sometimes, you know? Maybe uh, that's the whole design is like, it's an hour we don't have to pay you that you're sitting in the parking lot. Yeah, that they're going to keep you for that. That's that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so anyway, that's what we shoot for with that. But no, I think it's great conversation. I'd be curious to talk to someone that is... You know, more adult onset hunter. I really don't like that term, but it is a common term. It, it is. It, to see what um, now, like how the learning curve was, like did they have, a you know, or just pull five guys out of a random circle that all started hunting in their uh, like mid, late 20s. Yeah. Like what got you into it? Okay. How fast do you think your learning curve, or long or short it was it to get to where you thought you should be as a bow hunter and the pros and cons of like, having friends that started the same time as you guys that were you know novices or guys that were experts you know what i came to hunting i did hear a lot of uh a lot of guys in their guys and gals in their mid-20s um listen to rogan and got uh, like that exposure and then you know they wanted to follow like um like a cam haynes and um you know it's hard to get information on how to hunt on like Instagram stories about lifting and I'm not, I'm not knocking the dude, but he's just, it's, he's a niche within the niche. Yeah. We are. Yeah. So when, you know, at some point when someone wants to get into hunting and they're like, Hey, we want to get into bow hunting. We heard, you know, like Rogan talk about it. Um, Mm -hmm. we want to get venison. Like I had some friends hit me up there. Like we want to start hunting because we see the benefit of venison versus, um, store-bought things are like any tips and you yeah, know even from add, an ethical standpoint yeah know? from an eth- so i and i'm i'm curious too because now i wouldn't know what to do you know if they're i'm like you know i would push them towards maybe listen to podcast same thing as you watch as much media as you can meet hunters but that's very hard to do like if you're in a small town like it's it's hard to like you can't just go to the tavern and say hey man can you teach me how to deer hunt or oh we pass on 140s but we slay like 40 does you know like how the small town yeah, guys yeah. are and it's there's too much it, ego it, and... yeah it's cringy it's ego you know you know what i honestly think is overlooked i just thought of it but 
go to a, a outdoor trade show would be like oh yeah and, and everyone that hunts is already going to listen to this but i wonder if it, like you know if you go to like we were at illinois deer and beer fest was the last one that'd be a good show it's it's not a massive show yet um and you can go through and talk to people that are there to talk to people mm-hmm. like we're already in the mood to talk to people while we're there like if someone approached me at a show and was like hey man i really want to get into bow hunting that also probably is pretty intimidating for somebody that's to go to a bow hunting show and they don't know anything about it. It's probably hey, that's that's a, how you got to do it though. Yeah, I guess if you want it <laughs> bad enough. But from my perspective, I'm there to talk to people anyway. If somebody at that show was like, "Hey, I want to learn how to bow hunt. Where should I start?" I think I'd be in the mood to talk to them because I'm there to do it anyway. Yeah, that's a that's a fair point. Um, I guess if you were like wanting to know how to detail a car, you could go to a car show and talk to some people. Like, hey, what's the best product? They use on the, I don't, yeah. whatever. I just use I, Yeah, I, I actually think that's a great example. You know, like you want to essentially want to learn from the best of the best, not just, you know, the guys that hang out at the, at the tavern or, you know, brag about the deer on their wall. Yeah. You know, you want to have somebody who's going to be able to take some of their time and teach you. I mean, it's almost like being a, being an apprentice. You know, you got you got to get some of these journeyman hunters yeah. that I are going to be willing to take you under their wing a little bit, and yeah, steer that's you in a the, pretty good analogy. You know, steer you in the right direction. They're not going to tell you that it's wrong. You know, not just oh, you know, set up on the edge of a field and see what happens. It's like no, you you got to understand um, why deer move the way they do, what's going to cause them to move, uh, wind direction. So when we talk west wind, and you got to Google, you know what what's west the wind best means? series that's already built into Deercast. Like once you get like the foundation of like archery or hunting or whatever Mm. that's why i've always been a fan of 13 yes like if you're wanting to know like the finer details of deer movement and stuff well now it's like deer cast the app in general yeah like from weather patterns to deer movement to maps now to wind direction Mm -hmm. I, i mean really it's you know an app like deercast does change a lot from what we've been talking about like and i don't know how we didn't bring it up sooner but <laughs> we should have but it's on your phone like i, I guess w- i got it <laughs> we're we're in it so much that i think it's hard to pull yourself out of it to think about getting back into it does that yeah. make sense yeah it's kind of deep to think about but you know i guess what would the perception be of someone that doesn't hunt want to get in a hunting and you're like let me show you deercast oh perfect perfect example too because you know it's it's every tool that you're going to want you know you would have so many uh, guys and luckily the juries have done this for years you know they've already done all the research of when do deer move like what yeah. what the barometric pressure is going to do uh, if it's good or bad and these these everyone involved has already put the work in for you so when you get on that app is it going to be a good day to hunt yeah, yeah, it'll get you pumped up. Not saying don't get out there and hunt as much as you can. That's another thing. If you want to get into hunting, be out in the woods as much as you can. Now, don't be out there, you know, on the wrong wind, spooking everything yeah. out of the. There's a right way and wrong way to be out there all the time. <laughs> yeah, but, that's that's another thing. Find the right way and wrong way see, to be out there all the time. A new hunter would be like, "What? What do you mean?" So, <laughs> but that's where like there's just tools out there now that weren't there even when we started the podcast. Yeah, and you know, and to, and early 2015 late 2014 it's like there wasn't a ton there was or some but not like there is now but um that's also why i was a huge fan of all those hunting videos man <laughs> yeah you know getting to learn stuff and yeah you know, yeah listen to how everybody's setting up and listen to why they set up there there's a lot of there's a lot of little knowledge that you just need to just pick up that 
you know, sometimes it would be over my head if I'm trying to listen. Oh, how did you kill the big one? I'm like, you don't hear the little steps that went into the big steps. Yeah, that's true. Oh, there's a lot to decipher there, but it's great conversation. Yes. I think anyway. I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I think when my kids are old enough to start wanting to dive deep into hunting, it's like, are they, is it going to be like they're just getting into it? Or is it going to be like second nature because they've always been around it? I mean, they're, they're going to have the learning curve, right? Especially when they start bowing on their own. But yeah, I mean, you have that, you have that drive and, um, you know, God rest his soul. Your dad, uh, had that drive too. Mm -hmm. Um, I, th I think the kids will have that drive. I, I, I don't have any doubt in my mind. Um, I think, I think it's in your, not that I hate to say this, but I think it's in your blood. It's in your DNA about wanting to get out there. Um, it mm -hmm. definitely wasn't in mine. None of my family hunted. I grew up yeah. in a family that didn't hunt, but I saw Stone Cold Steve Austin wearing camo and always was like, yeah, I want to try that. And then just kind of got yeah, you into it. You said that for years and that's hilarious. And it's, it's very true. But now look at, <laughs> look at where it led to me. You know, yeah. there's so many joys of, of putting your hands around antler for the first time of something that you shot. And the first time you get to, uh, have that, uh, deer on your wall and you've got the meat on yeah. your plate. It's a, it's a very rewarding feeling. Did you, did you get your second buck mounted? I got, uh, I got the skull mount Cool. because I, cause I wanted a, a skull mount six point. Oh yeah. Right. And it looks fantastic Great. it was everything i wanted so you have to send me some pictures of your shoulder mount and your skull mount oh yeah uh had a had the cats at old barn do my deer and i thought it was the wrong deer because it looked even better than when i shot it <laughs> like you made this look way better than i remember i was like whoa this deer is awesome very cool <laughs> well good to hear um all right let's close this podcast out with stevie moe's new hunter learning curve advice um again Find the find the right people that aren't going to steer you in the wrong way. Absorb as much as you can. Get out there as much as you can, the best you can. And most importantly, have fun. Celebrate every little victory because those are going to count. Celebrate your first tree stand that you hung by yourself. Celebrate the first food plot you planted by yourself. Celebrate the first time you see deer grow that you, like when you, put a plot in and you start to see deer in there, celebrate that, celebrate that first doe, celebrate the first time you got out of bed when you didn't want to hunt and you went anyway, because the deer cast said it was going to be a good day. Celebrate or, or when all I called you to get up or when Kurt calls me to get up, <laughs> <laughs> celebrate every little victory and just enjoy it. Have fun. It and be patient, be patient. Good advice, Steve. Good job. Do you, do you mean that? I do mean that. Cool. That's a good way to close this podcast. Awesome. Hope your lunch break was all right. Hopefully uh, you didn't see Steve and scroll past this and you enjoyed this episode. <laughs> you had some, Steve had some good stuff to say, man. I'm proud of you. All right. You know what to do. Go shoot a giant. Thanks for supporting us on DeerCast, and we love you. Peace. Peace.